Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. Well, all right. What's up, everybody? Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here. Happy you're listening. Well, there's still just a ton of information or a ton of talk about misinformation, especially with this election coming up uh, tomorrow evening. Um, you know, they're, they're talking about democracy is on the ballot and all this crazy stuff, which obviously that's not true. I mean, there's only candidates on the ballot. There's nobody voting whether, you know, whether or not to continue democracy in America. That's not happening. So, uh, but what I thought was interesting is I found this, uh, I ran across this uh, Alex Jones clip. And of course, Alex Jones is constantly being criticized for misinformation and conspiracy theories and the like. And of course, the, the question is, you know, what is a conspiracy theory? Okay. Um, what is misinformation? Um, you know, misinformation without known facts is just information. I mean, we saw this a lot during COVID. Um, I would see things saying that the, you know, that the vaccine saves lives or the vaccine reduces your, your possibility of going to the hospital or having serious infection. And, you know, it turns out none of that was true. So was that misinformation? You know, this is kind of the problem with this declaring some information to be true and other information to be false or disinformation. And, and who, who would we, who would do that? Right. I mean, you've seen the social media companies try to do it. Uh, they failed miserably. I mean, so bad that, uh, Elon Musk decided to put in a bid for Twitter. I mean, that's all about how important he thinks, uh, Twitter is for, free and open conversation in the town square. I mean, he basically is calling Twitter the town square. It's the technological town square for our country. And, and, you know, he's, he's not, at least he purports to say that he's not buying Twitter to control the narrative or anything like that. He's, he's buying Twitter or has bought Twitter to, to knock down some of those barriers. I mean, if you just recall that during the uh, election between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, the whole Washington Post story about the Hunter Biden laptop laptop was completely disappeared from the Internet, you know, just a week or two before the election. So uh, that kind of stuff is is problematic, uh, especially when you when you put either the government or uh, some committee in charge of deciding, you know, what's what's legitimate information versus false information, and and so in that spirit, you know, I want to play this Alex Jones uh, clip because, and I, I I'm tempted to play the whole thing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it at various points and and talk about it. Facts and common sense are in. Yes, there have been corrupt empires. Yes, they manipulate. Yes, there are secret societies. Yes, there have been oligarchies throughout history. And yes, today in 2002, there is a tyrannical organization calling itself 
the New World Order. I've often said on this show that the, the battle between liberty and tyranny is the human battle. That, uh, or, you know, you know maybe, maybe good and evil is a, is a bigger battle. But certainly when it comes to man's domain, human beings, the, the battle is liberty and tyranny. The, the world is simply made up of those who want to be free and those that want to rule over those that want to be free. That's, that's how the lines are drawn. And, of course, Alex Jones is talking about tyranny. He's talking about oligarchy. He's talking about this new world order. And what's interesting about this is the, the World Economic Forum, I hadn't even heard of really until about five or six years ago. Um, in fact, every year when I heard about Davos, they, they were just calling it, you know, their, their annual meeting in Davos. They weren't calling it the World Economic Forum's annual meeting in Davos. At least, at least that, not that I remember, maybe, maybe I remember that wrong, but it's just interesting that today they're openly saying that, you know, the, the state of affairs is such that a new world order is required. And of course, you know, this new world order is going to require that massive amounts, massive numbers of human beings are going to be subjugated, subjugated to those that want to rule over those that want to be free. And this is, this is just the way, this is how history goes. This is why the, the United States was such an interesting ideal um, for the world and why France was so excited about it that they gave us a statue that sits in New York Harbor today, the Statue of Liberty. This was just such a radical idea because we had come from uh, a world of kings and and um, whether it be oligarchs or republics like in the Roman Empire, but you still you still weren't quite free, you know those kinds of things. And uh, and today we're openly talking about uh, uh, a new world order. We're talking about um, the Great Reset. We're talking about Build Back Better. Build Back Better wasn't created by Joe Biden. That was created by the World Economic Forum. That's their saying. They're talking about hacking human beings and hacking, you know, genetic code and all this kind of stuff. It's kind of where these transhumanism ideas come from and all that. And we'll play some. There's a guy named Mahari, Mahari or something like that. He's Klaus Schwab's right-hand man. We'll get, I'll give you a little taste of that guy sometime and, and just listen to him talk. I mean, he's, he's a little puny little guy, but he is, what he talks about is very scary. And, and, and what they do, one of, one of the things that bothers me about these people is they, they, they're only, their, their obsession is with what they can do. Like it's possible, like, like it's possible to hack people's brains, but they don't ever stop to ask themselves, should we do this? I mean, what is this? Who are we going to do this to? What does that mean for their liberty? What does that mean for their freedom, their life? I mean, these people don't care about any of that stuff. All they care about is what's possible. And of course, what's possible leads them to all these, these bad ideas. And uh, I just think it's interesting that 
and you'll notice from the Alex Jones clip that he's talking way back in 2002, 20 years ago. Pushing for worldwide government, a cashless society, open borders, total and complete tyranny, where human beings are absolutely worthless. There's six and a quarter plus billion of us. And the one piece of information that uh, misinformation, excuse me, that Alex Jones brought up here way back in 2002 was the whole cashless society. Now, this is this is four years before Bitcoin came about, what was even invented. OK, now what are we talking about? We're talking about central bank digital currencies. What's that all about? It's all about getting rid of cash. It's all about being able to monitor every single transaction. It's about social scoring. It's about micromanaging your life. And if they have that and they can hack your brain or whatever they're talking about doing, hacking our bodies to, to keep track of, uh, you know, what we do or how we do it or whatever. I'm not even sure what all it is. It just sounds bizarre you know, that, that you're nothing more than a slave. You've been 100% subjugated to the global institutions, uh, the wealthy people that control the world. And, and these are people that profess to be against slavery. And this is just another type of slavery. It's not as overt, and maybe nobody's beating you with a whip or anything like that or making you live in, um, you know, squalor. And I'm not even sure all that happened under slavery. I'm just, I'm just saying as a, that's kind of the caricature of slavery. And, and it may very well be true. Uh, but this would be a different kind of slavery, right? This would, you would just be chattel. You know, you'd be uh, monetary cattle for the elite and the people that control the global institutions. And, and that's what they're talking about. I mean, they're talking about that today. They're talking about not so much one world government, but global institutions that control resources, decide who gets what and how much. They're openly talking about that. They're telling us that we'll own nothing and eat bugs and be happy. I mean, that, they're openly saying that. The globalists have said it many times. There's too many of us. We're causing a problem. Uh, we need to be culled at the tune of 80%. It's amazing to talk about that. Yeah, you know, it is amazing to talk about culling uh, the current population by 80%. You're talking about wiping 6 billion people off the face of the planet. You know, that's a, that's a huge number of people. And, of course, what drives this is fear. You know, fear of running out of resources. And a lot of these, a lot of these globalists and these elites, they look at the success of America and they look at how much energy America consumes. And we consume a lot. We consume about... Um, about a third of the world's energy. And, you know, they, they think to themselves, golly, man, if, if we help Africa, you know, with institutions and whatnot and become another America, I mean, how are all these people going to live on the planet? You know, and of course they look at their lives and they say, I don't want my life minimized because other people, you know, come into a higher standard of living. And so they, they do all this out of fear. You know, they don't, they don't believe, um, you know, they don't believe in God. They don't believe in a higher power or anything like that. So they just, they, they, they live from fear. They live from the fear of losing what they have. And, 
I think this is really what drives a lot of them. Um, I don't think they really care. I, you know, Bill Gates, I'm convinced now, is not into vaccines because he wants to save lives. He's into vaccines because he wants to call lives. He wants to reduce people's lives. And, you know, years ago, uh, I watched uh, a TED Talk that, that uh, Bill Gates gave on energy. And he had this cute little equation up on the screen. And he, he, he made something along the line. He made a comment of something along the lines of, you know, there's not much we can do about the population, you know, with vaccines and, and things like that. We might be able to reduce it by 9%. And I thought, wow, he slipped up. You know, he misspoke. But I'm convinced now at this point after living through COVID, I don't think he slipped up. I think he actually meant to say that. And he kind of let the he kind of let the mask slip, you know. Sometimes I talk about that these elites, sometimes they reveal a little bit more than they than they uh, planned on revealing. And I think that was one of those cases. You can go look online, go look up Bill Gates' uh, talk on energy and uh, uh, sustainable energy, and 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 just tell me what you think. Tell me if you think he slipped up there or if he really meant to say what he said. Well, I decided to go ahead and download the audio and, and just play it for you and let you see what you think about what he said. Uh, I played it in its entirety, uh, this particular segment. I didn't edit it or anything, so here we go. Now, we put out a lot of carbon dioxide every year, uh, over 26 billion tons. Uh, for each American, it's about 20 tons. Uh, for people in poor countries, it's less than one ton. It's an average about five tons for everyone on the planet. And somehow we have to make changes that will bring that down to zero. It's been constantly going up. It's only various economic changes that have even flattened it at all. So we have to go from rapidly rising to falling and falling all the way to zero. This equation has four factors, a little bit of multiplication. So you've got a thing on the left, CO2, that you want to get to zero. And that's going to be based on the number of people, the services each person's using on average, the energy on average for each service, and the CO2 being put out uh, per unit of energy. So let's look at each one of these and see how we can get this down to zero. Uh, probably one of these numbers is going to have to get pretty near to zero. Uh, that's back from high school algebra. But let's, let's take a look. Uh, first, we've got population. Now, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. But there we see an increase of uh, about 1.3. The second factor is the services we use. So I'm not imagining that right. He said if we do a really good job with vaccines and reproductive health care and stuff like that, we can probably reduce that by 10 or 15%, meaning reduce the, the growth. I'm pretty sure that's what that means. Um, you know, I, the only way we'd really know is if somebody could ask Bill Gates. But when I heard that, I was like, I did a double take. And I even asked other people, hey, do you think he meant to say that? Or Because you know, this is back before COVID when I first heard this. And so I wasn't as uh, skeptical as I am today, of this uh, this group of elites, these multi 
billionaire uh, class of people who are desperately trying to hang on to their, you know, king-like lifestyle, but want the rest of us to, to pay with our lives. All right, so uh, back to Alex Jones. But it's the globalists, the UN, their own public statements, and they've convinced a lot of liberals and elitist conservatives and others uh, that by going along with this, that we're intelligent members of society. I know I didn't play much, but I just want to stop there because the, I've often wondered what drives people, you know, that are in this global warming camp and think we're running out of energy. And, you know, to me, they just lack humility because they don't believe in God. They don't believe in some higher power than themselves. They have a lot of reliance on themselves. And I think they, um, this reliance on themselves causes them to worry and to have fear about, you know, cause it's, it's like, for example, oil, it's easy to look at oil and go, well, we just go out and count our reserves and go, Oh, we're, we're running out. You know, we're, you know, we're going to run out of oil. But what happens is every, you know, there's, there's kind of a, a lack of humility in that thinking because the, the reality is every time, people say that there's some new not invention but just an advancement in technology a new technique or something that allows us to pull the oil out of ground out of the ground that wasn't economically feasible before or couldn't get to it or or whatever the reason and so this is just the way that things go i mean uh, we we innovate new ways to grow food more productively so that we can have more people living on the planet and we figure out how to weigh, ways to make cars more efficient and last longer. And, you know, just overall, we're just utilizing our resources better and better all the time. You know, this is not Cuba where we're stuck in 1950. You know, if you go to Cuba, because there's no incentive to innovate anything, there's no property ownership, there's nothing. You go to Cuba and it looks like they've stopped time in the 50s. You know, people are driving around 1953 Chevys and stuff like that. Well, that's because it's not a vibrant economy. It's it's not an economy that respects property rights, respects liberty, and therefore there's no innovation. There's no technology advancements, things like that. To the to the degree they get any of that, it's because other countries trade with them, and hopefully we'll start trading with them too. I, I think this whole not trading with countries because we don't believe in their political system is, I think it's cruel. I think we need to show them how great life can be if they change their political system. And one of the ways we can do that is trade with them. It's the ultimate Malthus world view. It is uh, this radical, virulent form uh, of social Darwinism. It's the excuse of tyrants. And by creating open borders where there's no national sovereignty and only global bodies that control all the resources, so, you know, to me, this is very prescient, you know, that Alex Jones is talking about this. First of all, he's talking about social Darwinism, and he's talking about, um, you know, Malthus, uh, Malthusian uh, way of thinking is, is this, uh, you know, we're going to run out of things. Um, Malthus, originally, I can't remember what he said, but he's, something he predicted that the world could only support so many people or something like that. Of course, that's been proven wrong about a thousand times over. 
But there's never a shortage of people that have this way of thinking. And for whatever reason, these people tend to rise to the top in our political systems. And we basically, our political systems across the globe are very common today. They're very similar. Um, We might have more safeguards against speech and things like that than some people, but, uh, but we all have these social democracies. We all get to vote, and supposedly we get to vote for leaders that then carry out our way of um, thinking and, and what we want to see in the world. And so for whatever reason, people that think like this, they seem to rise to the top in, in, in these democratic-type systems. And it, it's really not unlike uh, pre-World War II Germany. I mean, in Germany, uh, you know, eugenics was all the rage. And people thought that you could perfect the human race. And this, this stems from Darwinism and, uh, you know, the, the natural selection and things like that. They, people think they can interfere with this process or they, or they have a fear that if they, if they just allow it to be, then dumb people will procreate with other dumb people and we'll get all these dumb. It's the idiocracy kind of, uh, you know, plays out like idiocracy. I don't know if you've ever seen idiocracy, but it's a really funny movie. Um, but the, the getting back to the Bill Gates thing, and I just want to, I want to point out cause I'd forgot to earlier. It reminds me of the, the Deagle, um, uh, the Deagle.com episode, I think it was episode 113, where uh, this this agency that's kind of tied to government, by the way, the forecast is no longer there, but they were forecasting that by 2025, the population in America would only be 100 million. Well, we have like 340 million right now. So that that's 240 million people disappearing from, um, you know, the United States of America. That's a lot of death, okay? All right, so let me play this last clip. And then after I play this last clip and we comment it, I do want to circle back and play just the Alex Jones. I'm just going to finish up with the Alex Jones clip in its entirety because with all this interruption that I'm that I'm making, I think it's hard to hear how prescient it is that he was talking about this in 2002. And so I think at the end, I'm going to just play it. It's, it's only like a minute and a half. I'm just going to play it and let you hear the whole thing. And you're just going to go, wow, that's that's amazing. By centralizing and socializing health care, the state becomes God, basically, when it comes to your health. And then by releasing diseases and viruses and plagues upon us, we then basically get shoved into their system. Man, is that not exactly what happened during COVID? I mean, we were, we were basically forced to bow to St. Fauci and Rochelle Walensky from the government. And we were forced into the system. We were forced into taking vaccines and and basically praying to, uh, you know, worshiping the healthcare system. That uh, there was, you know, it was a it was a sacrilege to speak out against vaccines, against doctors that were pushing vaccines. All this stuff. It was all just like he said. And I just want to remind you, he said this in two thousand two. So. Should Alex Jones be, you know, scraped from the internet? I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, he had some crazy ideas. The thing that ultimately got him in trouble was the Sandy Hook uh, deal. He basically said that the parents were crisis actors and things like that. And he should have never said that. That's ridiculous. It would have been easy enough for him to verify, you know, what had happened there. Um, but all some of this other stuff, man, is just amazing. I, for one, am calling for Alex Jones to come back. I just think he's an important voice. I never really listened to the guy. But when I saw this clip, I was like, wow, I guess maybe I should have been listening to Alex Jones. Anyway, I've got his uh, clip in entirety, and then we'll wrap up the show. If you uh, come back tomorrow, I'll do it all over again. Uh, but I just want to wrap up with this minute and a half so of Alex Jones in its entirety. Facts and common sense are in. Yes, there have been corrupt empires. Yes, they manipulate. Yes, there are secret societies. Yes, there have been oligarchies throughout history. And yes, today in 2002, there is a tyrannical organization calling itself the New World Order, pushing for worldwide government, a cashless society, open borders, total and complete tyranny, where human beings are absolutely worthless. There's six and a quarter plus billion of us, and the globalists have said it many times. There's too many of us. We're causing a problem. Uh, we need to be culled at the tune of 80%. It's amazing to talk about that, but it's the globalists, the UN, their own public statements, and they've convinced a lot of liberals and elitist conservatives and others uh, that by going along with this, that we're intelligent members of society. It's the ultimate Malthus world view. It is... Uh, this radical, virulent form uh, of social Darwinism. It's the excuse of tyrants. And by creating open borders where there's no national sovereignty and only global bodies that control all the resources, by centralizing and socializing health care, the state becomes God, basically, when it comes to your health. And then by releasing diseases and viruses and plagues upon us, we then basically get shoved into their system.